Ling is a wife, a mother of four, a transformational life coach, a blogger, a spiritual director at Brentwood Inspired Living, and an important part of the 110 Magazine team, our associate publisher. She was originally from San Diego and attended San Diego State University, obtaining her bachelor's degree. Her education and professional experience span over 20 years working in education, K-12, administration, leadership, conscious parenting, spiritual exploration, and holistic health and wellness. She states it was important for her to model for her children the value of listening to their inner knowing. Her heart-first approach led her to become a certified life coach, which has been an amazing journey and has taken her to places she never imagined. She is now living her passion and purpose as a life coach and spiritual leader. Right here in Brentwood, let's welcome Amy Van Wing. Hello, Amy. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I was just like getting all teared up looking at all those pictures. <laughs> I didn't know you grabbed all those pictures. Oh. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome. And I'm so thrilled to be starting off 2021 with an interview with you because I really, you know, I just, um, you're somebody that I, I admire and that I look up to and you give awesome advice and you're a great writer. So why not start off the new year with uh, talking about your article in the 110 Magazine, talking about specifically healing because there's so much going on right now and um, you've got a, a just a wealth of knowledge, an amazing background. We just talked a little bit about that in that intro, um, but I wanna talk a little bit more. So uh, tell me a little bit more about what led you to your path of becoming this transformational life coach? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, I have to say it was pretty organic and natural. It wasn't really necessarily a big conscious like decision because I've always been somebody who loves people and loves to talk to people. And I've always kind of been that person where people come to and I end up being the advice giver and kind of working through guiding through things. So it just sort of happened. Um, and so I was always doing, I was always in that role anyway. So I decided to um, go take some uh, professional coaching courses and certifications and uh, many of those uh, communication and so many things. So that's how I, I ended up as a life coach, which I, I absolutely love because mostly I just love watching people get that aha moment or have mm -hmm. that breakthrough. So. Wow. I love that. Well, uh, the nice thing about working with you is I kind of feel like I have a built-in life coach <laughs> here and there when I need, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a lot of great conversations and then What's wonderful is that um, it really does evolve into sharing what you know and what you've learned in the 110 magazine and your column, which is the back page, last but not least, of the magazine. So I want to encourage everybody to always uh, take a look at that last page. It used to be Don's column. We miss Don. He's retired. Don yes, Huntington. We love Don. And Don and you, you and Don know each other well. Yes, and you we do. Are, you're the director at the Brentwood Inspired Living. Yes. And that's where, and Don is um, 
an important part of that organization and you're a spiritual leader. Tell us a little bit about that organization specifically and what your your mission is and really what your vision is for that as its director and leader. Yeah, uh, well, it excites me a lot. I would say in a nutshell, we're dedicated um, to sharing inspiration, practical tools, ideas, um, tips, tricks, you know, every, any, anything that will encourage and promote for people healthy, happy, harmonious living life. We, we just love to see uh, people shine. And um, our vision, is, our vision statement is inspiring East County. And that really excites us. And uh, now that we've been online during COVID, we're, we're, we're adding and beyond East County and beyond, <laughs> because we're reaching, we're reaching outside of even California right now. So it's really fun. It's exciting um, for me to, again, just watch people um, on their path grow feel great, uh, find their niche, you know, really it, for me, it, and it leads sort of to this healing that we're talking about today that, that I wrote about in the, the article. Um, so my mission is to, to love people really. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I feel the love and, um, you, you really, I, I, what I find is that you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. And thank you. Um, when I read your articles and your back page, it, it isn't, it does inspire me. I, I always learn a little something and I'm thrilled that we get to share it with our readers. Um, I, the, the, I do sometimes join your, your zoom on at Brentwood inspired living, uh, which tell everybody when that is and how they can join on if they want, would like to. Yeah, so we're, we've been going live on Facebook every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And it's on our Facebook page, Brentwood Inspire Living Center. And um, then we, we also upload it to YouTube. So it's always it's actually always on our Facebook page and on YouTube. So um, and each week we have a different speaker uh, sharing um, inspirational talks. So it's kind of fun. It's different. Okay, so how do you find your speakers? You have music, great music too, but how do you yes, find your speakers? We have wonderful musicians. Um, so, so many various ways. Many of them I've known for years now. Uh, a lot of times um, it's maybe I met through somebody or an event I was at. Uh, it just sort of depends. It, and I, I, I notice people. I notice who's kind of in that inspirational realm, you know, and um, so that's kind of how some of my musicians I have found randomly on Facebook, <laughs> like doing a live concert or something. I'm like, I really like their vibe. I really like their, their style. And so I've reached out and it's just kind of keeping my eyes peeled all the time. Um, for, for people that I, I sense resonate with our message. Absolutely. And it is such an inclusive message because it is, um, it's not, it, it's not teachings from one specific religion or, or teaching or, or foundation. It's, it's really broad, right? Absolutely. It's, it's for anybody on any path, 
truly for anybody on any path, you know, we have lots of people that kind of maybe if they are involved in a religion sort of split their times, you know, now, now that many people are on zoom, they, it's easy. Um, but we honor everybody where they are and offer a safe space to be um, accepted, to grow, to feel who you are, uh, just a space where you can really be home, feel like you're embraced and nurtured. And um, that's that's really, really our goal. So yeah, no matter where you are, what your belief you know system is, um, as I said, we have people from all kinds of different religions, no religion. So very open, very, um, very inclusive. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's get back to chatting about the magazine specifically. Okay. So I, uh, a friend of mine who works for the magazine, Michelle Guerra, she had, was uh, new of you and talked to you about the magazine, but tell everyone really what led you to joining the team and what you do here. Yay. Well, that's oh, that's kind of a good story <laughs> how that all happened because initially Michelle had uh, mentioned and then we got in touch and then it turned out that that position you were thinking at the time, somebody else who was sort of in-house already filled and you had called me back and said, well, it didn't work. I was like, oh, that's fine. And then a few months later, something else emerged. And so you called me back and then, you know, that was the perfect fit. So this is another piece is that always just trusting what's showing up is the perfect thing and uh, right for you and that things are always working for you, not against you. Uh, so um, I have always loved 110 Magazine since I moved here almost 11 years ago and look forward to that, just the content and the community connection and just the, the feeling of the magazine really brings Brentwood together. And I always really like that and appreciate that. So no wonder when we first met, I was like, yes, this is a match. This is a fit. This resonates for me. So here I am. And uh, so I write and also do a lot of behind the scenes with the, um, we live on the box and Google Docs and keeping track of all of our <laughs> busy, busy ads and editorials. And it's really fun. And I really enjoy always learning more about our community because we are always highlighting, spotlighting, featuring so many great things about people in our community. And I, I learn something all the time. It's very exciting. Well, you are an asset to the team and it just kind of evolved. You're doing more and more writing with the team and we love being able to lean on you and you do wonderful copy editing and just you're organized and you always though lead with your heart, I noticed, and you have such a wonderful, you know, you just have a wonderful attitude. In fact, when I first had called you or spoke and said, ah, oh, sorry, the position's filled, you were like happy-go-lucky about it and just thought, mm, that's great. And I thought, well, that's weird, you know, like. <laughs> Most people will sound a little tiny bit disappointed or I don't know. But because of that reaction, I thought, oh, my gosh, I absolutely I like her. Uh, I hope something else opens up. And sure enough, it did. So anyway, I'll just add that in there. So another question for you. We're, I want to get back to the article specifically, uh, the layers of healing in 2021, which is in this month's issue of the magazine, January. It's out on our website. You can go there and read it right now. Uh, the, the hard copies will be out soon. 
Uh, hopefully you'll get your soon if you live in the area. And if you don't, you will can always read it online. So mm-hmm. we, as a, as a team, we wanted to talk about healing uh, because of everything going on in the world. It's just COVID with the elections, with just all kinds of stuff going on. And so we wanted you to share um, your wisdom a little bit with that because you worked with that and that's your fields. And that's, you know, where, where you, where you are constantly helping people and yeah. we're all on our own path of healing because we, you know, life isn't perfect. Right. Um, can you share with us your approach to healing and what you talk about in the magazine? Like yeah. um, a little bit about that. Yeah. So sometimes my approach is, is new. Uh, ideas for for some people. Um, For me, what healing means is really to return to wholeness. Um, I believe that no matter who you are, there's a light inside of you, you know, a divine spark, if you will. And that sometimes we can lose sight of that little spark or lose connection to that, that place inside of us that, that is whole. Um, and so that's that's kind of where I come from with with healing that it's really uh, returning to something that's already there within us, um, something that is yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay, so you also talk in the article. You tell a story about a homeless man. Mm-hmm. You talk about our belief systems, and you mentioned using an analogy that you like. Um, about a plot of land <laughs> and, and, and how we build our belief system. And, and can you talk a little bit about that specifically in, yeah, within the article? Definitely. I, I really love that, that plot of land analogy uh, because it just seems to get a, give a good visual for people. Uh, so you're born with a, uh, when you're born, you're given a plot of land, but as a young newborn child, you don't understand your plot of land yet. So you have uh, parents and relatives and neighbors and caretakers who raise you, um, as well as culture, religion, teachers. So they all plant your garden for you and they plant seeds in your garden that um, they are familiar with and that work for them. So, uh, their whole garden is is really what they know, and that's what they share with you, understandably. So one day, then you're just handed the garden for you for you to tend to, um, and most of the time we don't ever question our garden or the seeds that were planted in our garden. We just we just take care of our garden. We never really ask ourselves like, did we want a vegetable garden or a rose garden or a succulent <laughs> garden? We, we just we just continue tending the, the garden. And so the plot of land represents the mind and the garden are the of plants uh, are the our beliefs, our beliefs that we hold in our mind. And um, so what happens is that um, our brains are always thinking. They're always uh, suggesting thoughts to us. And this is like 60 to 70,000 a day. So when we wrap our minds around that, like, whoa, I mean, constantly our brain's doing what it does. And so when a thought becomes a truth for us, we become attached to it. Um, and it becomes a belief. And so belief systems are just the thoughts that we have decided are true. And so what I've noticed um, is that struggling and suffering that arises for people really kind of comes out of attachment because we get so committed to a thought and we believe that it's true. Um, And 
and we never really take time to look at that thought, um, but it might it might cause a little upset if we have a different belief from somebody else, um, because then we bec- we get in mental like a state of mental conflict uh, when we have two belief systems that are different because we identify. And the reason is because we identify with the belief um, that that's us. You know, we make that mistaken assumption that we are what we believe. So then we, we become identified according to, you know, various things like race, politics, religions, really so many uh, different identifications that we take on. So then we attach to that identification and then we get defensive if somebody threatens that belief system. So it's like right away our our amygdala gets activated, like we're just in that defense mode of, you know, we're going to defend who I am because now I'm being, you know, questioned or attacked. So so that's why I really I really like to take it down to to looking at belief systems because um they they are what we identify with. And so I I asked the question in the article, what, you know, how much healing would happen, instantly happen, if we dropped identifications? Because what would happen is we would create transformation because we would um we wouldn't have this division and separation and and other, you know. Uh our world is is held together by perceptions and beliefs, opinions, points of view. This all creates our world. And this is the thing. It's like we could be standing in the same physical spot, but be in a different world based on all of those, you know, different judgments and opinions and points of view. And so really coming back to honoring that we're different. We come from different backgrounds. We, we are we can live harmoniously, even if we don't necessarily have the same views. Um, and and really what that takes is is peeling back some of those layers and and those belief systems kind of are those layers. I, I think I mentioned layers. And uh, uh, so when we peel some of those belief systems back, we all come back to our wholeness, that that divine spark within. And that's why I say that we can't when when we have that true healing emerges from our ability to see someone else or a situation as already healed and whole, which means there's nothing wrong. Instead of resisting them or resisting the circumstance or situation, we just sort of go into this place of acceptance um, that maybe the situation is just as it is, that it's showing up with a message or an opportunity or kind of like what you mentioned with with when you called me and said, well, that position, you know, got filled. And, and I was like, that's totally fine. And I'm super happy with that because I know that things are always working for me. So, so somebody could look at that situation and be like, oh, darn, you know, that too bad and be upset or mad about it. Um, and that would be a belief that, you know, things aren't working for you maybe. So if we just kind of start shifting our, our concept of, of why, what, what we're, how we're viewing the world. <laughs> I have so many thoughts at once. Yeah. How we view the world, the lens that we view things through uh, can really create uh, create healing when we when we come from the heart versus the head. Nice, absolutely. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> no, that's um, I really feel that that's how you really walk through life, and I don't see it's a difficult path to be on. It's it, for me, especially. I want to say that um, there are beliefs I know I've held on to with just that served me at some point in my life, and then they stopped serving me, but I still held on to them like you know I needed them. And then when I have a shift and I see something. And I see a change and wow, I held that belief and it wasn't serving me and I let that go. Um, that is, can be so, I don't know, life altering and, and put me on a, a new, a new path. Uh, however, when it comes to seeing somebody else as a whole, I, I love that. I mean, that is, that is something that I think I have to conscientiously tell my brain to start mm -hmm. doing. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. It's a practice, you know, and, and just like anything, it's maybe a muscle that we can build. Um, I, I love a practice called just like me. And I know it's been very successful for a lot of people. And so if you find yourself in a place where you're really struggling, you know, with somebody else's belief or, or, you know, anything, something they're doing, go into this just like me they're a human being that that uh, wants love and comfort. Just like me, they need to eat. <laughs> Just like me, they have a mother and father, you know? Just kind of going back to the humanity of somebody. Um, I, I have often said, I don't I don't believe there would ever be enemies if if everyone would sit across from one another and look in each other's eyes because when we connect to that place of our humanity, it's just like everything else dissipates. You know, it's like you are human. You have a heart and soul like me. And we all can soften, Absolutely. I believe. I love that. I love that. Especially in this world where we are digitally, we aren't, we're digitally in front of each other more and and we're writing things on a keyboard versus being face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. When you have that face-to-face, -face, things change. Dynamics change. You feel energy you look somebody in the eye. It's it's and so it is a. I mean, the world we live in has has. Um, I would say, it, it, it's just we're we're learning to navigate as we go with with technology and with with how we interact with each other and, you know, be, how how kind we can be can be tested. It seems like more than ever. Um, <laughs> In the healing process in the article, you specifically, though, talk about how healing is, you see it as a spiral process versus a linear straight line process. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Sometimes um, you might revisit something. You know, I've, I've met with people before that will say something like, you know, I thought I was over this, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, to have part of returning to wholeness is also having compassion and grace and love for yourself and your own process. And that's, that's actually a really a big piece of it. Um, and to, to understand that um, you might have deeper layers of, you know, I, I'm thinking of maybe somebody that has had a traumatic event in their life and, and they've done some work or therapy and then they're doing just fine. And then maybe something activates that. And they're like, oh, you know, what, what's going on here? I thought I healed this. 
And, you know, a lot of times things show up for us in just the, not a lot of times, all the time, things show up for us in just the right time and the right way for us to, to grow. And so maybe at this point in time, it's, it's there for your growth, you know, to go a little bit deeper, to feel that. And, and one of the things about um, healing is, um, I believe you have to feel to heal. And a lot of times people don't want to feel the, the pain going back to a traumatic event. So maybe it was something traumatic and it's like there's just constant um, distraction from it. This is why a lot of people, um, you know, get into addictions because they're just trying to numb that feeling. Wow. But really what I have found is that if we go into the spot, the pain where it where it hurts and allow and do some processes with allowing that um, pain, almost, you know, nurturing that space that was, was harmed or was felt harmed. Um, we can dissipate a lot. And so that might be a layer that might heal it all. It just depends. Everybody's different. That's that's why I say, you know, it, it's not linear. Everybody has a different process. Everybody has a different life experience. So somebody can come through and have a healing that, you know, feel that, heal it, it's gone and never revisit again. Another person might have um, it show up a, a few more times or a bunch more times. Nothing is wrong or right. It's all perfect for, for us individually. And having, having, compassion with ourselves is, is a big piece to the, the returning to wholeness. I have another question, kind of more on a, a personal side. I have a person who I know has been traumatized as a child in life. And as an adult, I notice they are still going through the healing process and carrying a lot of anger in that, which makes it difficult to be around that person. However, I, uh, you know, I, I want to help. And I know that it's not just it's, it's, it's twofold, though, because there's something there for me to learn as well. But how so my question is, though, how do you suggest you help someone in that situation? And, um, and I, I, you know, I'm sure there's a reason why it's showing up for me in my life as well. But let's just start with um, what are your suggestions? So the first thing is I'm I'm careful, a little bit conscientious about the word help, because a lot of times when we when we say help, we're thinking something is wrong with the other person, or we're already sort of putting in our mind that there's a problem. Say, yeah. and so like Einstein said, we can't solve problems from the same, you know, mind, the same thinking that created them. So it's really taking a shift out of um, viewing, seeing that there's a problem here and just saying, oh, this person is, this is their experience. This is what they're going through in life. We always get to make the decision, the choice about what our part is in, in something, you know, and, and then that's different for everyone because if it starts to become a very, um, imbalance to where, you know, it's, it becomes hard on you. I, I, I like to, to, um, remind people to check in with themselves. How does that make you feel? That's a great question. How does that make you feel? And so if it, if it feels good, if things feel, um, 
like it's working, then great. But if you find yourself where it's really always bringing you down or really causing a lot of upset or whatever, then that's something to look at. And then you can reevaluate and decide, you know, how much of my energy um, is, is meant to be going in this direction? Or is it just that I'm going to sort of love from a distance and hold space for them? And what holding space is, is really just seeing them on their right and perfect highest path for their life. And it might not look like how their situation looks right now, but just seeing their wholeness, seeing that they are, um, happy, whole, however, however you do that. I, I, I kind of am love and light kind of person. So I'll, I'll use a lot of, uh, uh, of sending love type of, uh, feelings, but, um, it's always an opportunity for us to decide and look deeper about what our part is in, in, to play in something in, or in someone else's life. You know, uh, we're not, I don't believe that we're supposed to be the fixer, you know, of people because I honor that everybody's on just the right path that they're supposed to be on in, in just the right space that they are to be. Now we can show up and um, maybe off our offerings, um, our guides, um, offer the uh, a path, opportunities. Those are great those are great ways to look at approaching situations and people instead of like, there's something wrong and they really, really need my help. But what opportunities can I offer? How can I serve this situation? Um, and then continually check in if it's right for you, if it's working for you. Awesome. Well, I love that. That's great. Thank you so much. Okay. So I want to get on the topic a little bit of the future, but specifically talking about fear. And right now with the pandemic and still looming over us, I, you know, I believe there's always some good that comes out of bad. However, that doesn't erase the bad or necessarily make the bad any easier mm -hmm. or better in light of that, of what's going on right now with the pandemic, how, and, and a lot of fear of unknown, which we're always don't know what's going to happen, but mm -hmm. things have been, um, I'll just say, more unprecedented, we've used that term a million times than we've ever seen. So before when we always knew we couldn't predict the future, now we're like, wow, we really never would have predicted this, right? How do you suggest we all approach the future in light of, of what we've learned from this pandemic and what's going on now, right now in 2021? <sighs> well, so I think fear is something to really be mindful of because... When our bodies are in fear, we're not actually um, using a lot of our brain. We're just using our our very primitive, let's say, parts of our brain where we're in fight flight. And so, uh, I think it's important to not buy into a lot of fear because it really impairs our thinking in a lot of ways. So that would be the first thing. And second thing would be to embrace because I love the unknown, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because the unknown means unlimited possibilities. You know, we, it doesn't have to look like what anything looked like before. It could be something totally brand new. I often remember the uh, Renaissance, you know, the, the time of the Renaissance, you know, that just led way to new thought in, in European, you know, views and then led to Western worldviews and just all of this change and expansion. 
But the people that were going through that time did not think, oh, we're going through this big, important renaissance, you know? <laughs> so we can kind of think of it like that. Like, I don't know where what's going on necessarily, but we're, we're going somewhere new and great. And, and infinite possibilities are available in the unknown. So I like to think of it that way. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, so speaking of the new year, do you make resolutions? If so, what are they? Um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm not a big New Year's resolution person, but I do like to set intentions. And um, I I kind of do that regularly every few months, just kind of check in with myself, do sort of a meditative check-in. So I actually didn't do any new intentions for this particular moment in time, New Year. But what happened, something kind of interesting happened to me. I, I kept seeing these posts about the word of the year. And I was sort of skimming by it a lot because I was like, eh, I'm I'm not really into that. You know, I, I don't really do word of the year resolutions. But then all of a sudden yesterday I was writing and it was probably the fourth or fifth time in my communication, whether it was verbally with somebody or writing, the word bliss came up. And then I just had this clear notion, like, that's your word of the year. I was like, I have a word of the year. <laughs> I guess that's my word of the year. <laughs> so, so bliss is my word of the year. And it's just like this, this total joy, state of paradise. And I was like, you know what, that actually is perfect. Because I, I really like to be in that place. And I, I never really use the word bliss that often, if ever. So I thought, well, this is going to be my new word. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that's what emerged for me this, this year. That is awesome. That's awesome. Well, I just want to remind everybody to uh, take a look at Amy's article. It is just so good. It was, it really moved me. I was, I, I can't say I was surprised because you, you write this wonderful column last but not least on the last page of the magazine, everybody, which is awesome, but it's, it's one page. So it's real quick, great information, but this this article really tells a, a nice story uh, about a homeless man, and mm -hmm. it moved me. And I just it just solidified and made me feel like, wow, that's this is always confirmation that when something when something inspires me, that wow, I'm I'm a part of this, I'm on the right path myself, and. Yeah. And I'm very proud to have such a fantastic team and to continue to put these these stories out there and hopefully touch lives and people can learn a little something from it. Yes. And so anyway, I just want to thank you for your time. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm so excited to jump on with you and, and talk about being deeper, conscious, loving humans. That's my favorite topic. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, awesome job you. today. Thank you for your time. I encourage everybody, again, go to our website. If you don't have it, look out for the magazine to land in your driveway if you live in uh, or on your porch if you live in, in Brentwood or East Contra Costa County. And I just want to, you can always find us on social media. Um, and so we are, we're, we're excited about the new year. It's, it's, it's been an interesting one already. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we love having you, Amy, as a guest. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having happy, me. It was fun. Happy, happy reading and happy new year, everybody. Yes, bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Mm -hmm.